And now, a message from Pastor Josh Carmody. So this morning as we get going, uh, we're going to watch a short little clip here. We're talking about disciples. We're talking about discipleship today. And so we're going to watch a short little video. And as that video is playing, if you are a kid or you're a kid at heart and you want something to color and draw with and doodle on, all you got to do is put your hand up like this and they will bring you something to entertain yourself. And uh, it's a lot of fun. So we're going to play that video. And if you put your hand in the air, they're coming around right now, and they've got crayons and something for you to color with. All right, enjoy the video. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, a big crowd of people gathered. As the crowd grew, the people pressed closer and closer to Jesus. Jesus saw two empty boats at the water's edge. The fishermen had left and were washing their nets. Jesus stepped into one of the boats. It belonged to Simon and his brother, Andrew. Simon? Don't you mean Peter? Well, later Jesus gives Simon a new name and calls him Peter. But that hasn't happened yet, so in this story, his name is still Simon. Got it. So where were we? Oh yeah, Jesus asked Simon to take him out on the water away from the shore. Right, and Simon did it. Jesus sat in the boat away from the shore and taught the crowds from there. When Jesus finished teaching, he said, Go out where it is deep and let down your nets to catch some fish. We worked hard all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. Simon and Andrew let down their nets. And this time, when they pulled the nets out of the sea, they were so full of fish, they began to tear. They called out to their friends who owned the other boat. Guys, bring your boat over here. You're not going to believe this. James, John, and their father, Zebedee, brought their boat over. Soon, both boats were so full of fish, they almost sank. The fishermen were amazed. They knew Jesus had performed a miracle right in front of them. Simon fell to his knees. He was in awe. Simon saw how powerful Jesus was and knew he must have been sent by God. Oh Lord, please leave me. I don't deserve to be near you. I have disobeyed God. Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. Jesus meant that from that day forward, they would be telling people everywhere about Jesus and his power. And because of that, many would choose to follow Jesus. When they got back to shore, Simon and his brother Andrew decided to follow Jesus. Their friends, James and John, left their boat with their father so they could follow Jesus too. Those four fishermen left everything behind so they could follow Jesus' example. They learned about Jesus, spent time with him, and discovered how to do everything the way Jesus did. And that's how Simon, also known as Peter, along with Andrew, James, and John, became Jesus' very first disciples. All right, so disciples, that's what we're talking about uh, this morning. So I got a question I got to ask everybody, and especially you kids. How many of you have a favorite teacher? You have like a favorite teacher. Raise your hand if you have a favorite teacher. All right, on the count of three, you go ahead and say your teacher's names. One, two, three. Awesome. All right, great job. All right, adults, how many of you growing up, middle school, high school, college, whatever, you have a favorite teacher? Anybody? 
I, see, that happened first service. I even had a few people shaking their heads like, no, there's no such thing as a favorite teacher, right? Um, and so hopefully you have a favorite teacher, someone in mind. Uh, when I say teacher, you think of someone's name. I have one, Mrs. Crobb. I think she was probably my, my parents were like, oh yeah, of course. So she was probably my favorite teacher um, of all time. And uh, she was great. And this idea of a disciple, everybody say disciple. Disciple, disciple is basically a student. And uh, all of us are students, whether uh, we're actually in school right now, uh, whether you're young or old and in school or whatever, but we're all students. We all should be learning all the time. And a disciple is a student of a particular teacher. And so when we look in the Bible and we talk about disciples, these are disciples of Jesus Christ. He came to this earth and he taught and uh, he told a lot of parables. He told a lot of stories. He was kind of different than all of the other religious leaders of the day. They had rabbis. They had teachers. And, and these rabbis would teach the law. And, and they would teach you know, everything that you would find in the Old Testament, specifically the first five books of the Old Testament. And then if you followed and believed in that person, what they were saying was true, then you would be there disciple. And so if their name was Josephus, you would be a disciple of Josephus. And you would listen to that rabbi, that teacher, and you would take on their way of life and, and how they did things. You would kind of mimic and mock that. You would follow the leader. Who's everybody played follow the leader? Where am I follow the leader? Anybody ever like, you're just amazing at follow the leader. I mean, just awesome. And uh, so it's follow the leader. Whatever the leader does, the people behind the leader do the same thing. If they make goofy faces, you have to make goofy faces. If they do 10 jumping jacks, you have to do 10 jumping, right? If they walk on this blue line, then guess what? If you're following the leader, you're walking on that blue line, right? And so Jesus was a leader. He was the son of God who came as man. And so this word disciple is basically the student of a teacher. It's someone, here's more of a definition for you, someone who follows another person or another way of life and who submits himself or herself to the discipline, to the teaching of that leader or way. And so you get that idea that one somebody who follows someone else and submits to their way of life or their discipline. That's where we get the word disciple. You see how that works? Discipline, disciple. Very nice. So they're disciplined. They're teaching what they're doing. You become a disciple of theirs. And so those who became disciples of Jesus Christ were taught by... Who do you think they were taught by if they were disciples of Jesus Christ? They were taught by Jesus. You guys are on it. And they were appointed as his representative. So I have a scripture I want to read this morning in Mark chapter 3. It says, Then he, and that's Jesus, appointed twelve of them and called them his apostles. They were to accompany him and he would send them out to preach. So now Jesus had 12 disciples. He had 12, this scripture says, apostles. He had 12 people who followed him, who he poured his life into, who he said, I want you to act like me and talk like me. And then not only that, he commissioned them to go out and preach. And so as apostles, they were messengers of this very gospel of who Christ was. They were his representative. So as they left and they went out and talked to other people, it's as if Jesus was right there with them. He sent them out as his representation, as his disciples, as his apostles. And there were 12. Everybody say 12. There were 12 disciples. Would you guys like to meet Jesus' 12 disciples? All right. I don't have them in real life. Um, we'll have to wait 
till we pass into eternity. But Matthew 10, right here, and you'll see it on the screen, tells us his 12. Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. And here are the names of those 12 disciples, apostles. First, Simon, also called Peter. And then Andrew, Peter's brother, and James, son of Zebedee, and John, James' brother, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Thomas, and Matthew, the tax collector, and James, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, and Simon, the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. You guys remember all those? You got them? You're like, done. Got it. All right, so let's have a little fun uh, this morning. Everybody go with a little fun? Can we handle a little fun this morning? So I have a little card up here. What's this card say? Simon. All right. So Simon, also known as Peter. All right. So sometimes they call him Simon Peter. Sometimes they call him Simon. Sometimes they call him Peter. Just depends on your translation. Depends where you're reading. This is Simon who Jesus said, hey, Peter, he changes his name to Peter. He says, I'm going to build my church. I'm going to call you Peter, which means rock. And he says, I'm going to build my church on you. And the gates of hell will never prevail. And so that's why the church exists all of these years later. And that's why we believe that the church is the hope of the world. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's good stuff. So Simon, everybody say Simon. Simon. So his name, Simon, uh, means hearing. Peter means rock. He was a fisherman. And uh, the one thing that we like to remember about Simon, who's later known more as Peter, is that he denied Jesus three times. Remember, they were like, hey, aren't you the one? You're one of his disciples. No, I don't know what you're talking about. And three times he denies Jesus, and he feels super bad about it, right? I mean, how many of you would feel really bad about that? If someone asked you and you three times, I mean, he felt pretty bad. And later, he got to meet up with Jesus again, and Jesus said, hey, I love you. Feed my sheep. And they were oh, hugging. Great. Simon Peter. All right? So I need someone to come up and be uh, Simon. All right. Come on up, Nathan. Oh, Austin. All right. You want to actually, last service, he wasn't wanting to help. but All right. Come on over. Good man. All right. So we got Simon hanging out, chilling with us. The next one we have is Andrew. All right? So I'm going to need an Andrew. Come on up. Now, Andrew means manliness. Can I see a manly pose? All right, good man. Uh, Good job, Nathan. So manliness, all right? That's what his name means. He's a fisherman as well, and he's brother to this guy over here, Simon. All right? So I'm going to let you hold on to that. That was a great show of brotherly love. Very good. Um, Next up, we have uh, this guy, and his name is James. Now, it's okay that if you're thinking, you're sitting here, and you're like, oh, man, I'm a girl, and these are all boys' names. That's okay. You can come on up. We're just having fun with this. We all know that these aren't actually Simon and actually Andrew. All right. So um, next up we have James. Okay. And uh, James, his uh, name is, it, it comes from the word Jacob, but he who grasps the heel. He's also a fisherman. So these first four are going to be fishermen. All right. And uh, back there in the back, you got the lion's hat. Come on up, Gareth, um, just because you have the lion's hat. Um, <laughs> You know, man, I asked him if he liked the lions or he just liked the hat, and he said he just liked the hat. But I still love you anyway, Gareth. Hill on over. All right. Um, next, we have James's brother, John. Now, John, this means his name means the Lord is gracious. Um, James's brother, as I mentioned. And the cool thing about uh, John is that he rounds up the. He's the last of the three. The, the Peter, James, and John make up Jesus' inner circle. The ones that Jesus had his 12, but then he has his has three, that his inner circle that he confided in the most, and that was Peter, James, and John. The cool thing about John is he wrote the Gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. He wrote that book. He also wrote 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, 
The guy's a writer. He was a fisherman, and he became a writer and a disciple and an apostle. All, and he wrote the book of Revelation. All right, so the very last book of the Bible. And he was also a fisherman. So who's my John? Do we have a John? It looks like Randy is going to be the John because she's volunteering her sister. Come on up, Randy. All right. I was supposed to pick Layla? Oh. I thought your hand was going up. Oh. That's my bad. All right. Um, so next one we have is Philip. Now, I need a Philip. Do I have a good Philip? All right. Come on up. Now, Philip means horse lover. Do you like horses? Yeah? All right. Uh, uh, Philip was also from Bethsaida. All right. So next up, we got kind of a mouthful. It takes two lines. Bartholomew. Everybody say it. It just rolls off the tongue. Bartholomew. Go ahead. Go on the count of three. One, two, three. Bartholomew. All right. Bartholomew. All right. So you want to be Bartholomew? You've been waiting patiently. Come on over, Mr. Bartholomew. Yeah, come on over. Uh, his name is, he's the son of Talmai, and he's from Cana. Come on up. Uh, and this is Cana. If you remember, that's where Jesus performs his first like documented miracle where he turns water into wine at the wedding feast. And so that's in the town of Cana, and that's probably where our good buddy Bartholomew is from. All right. Uh, next up, we got Thomas. We got Thomas in the house back there. Come on up, Killian. I <laughs> doubt it. That was, that was, oh, man. Come on. <laughs> that's fine. Come on up, Killian. All right, so Thomas, his name means twin. All right. Um, and he is known as Doubting Thomas, as Anna had so funnily said, doubt it. Um, Doubting Thomas. And uh, we, read, we just got done finishing up a series in John uh, called The Way, John 14, 1 through 7, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's actually Thomas who asked the question, you know, hey, Lord, we don't know what you're talking about. How are we supposed to know where we're going? He was just kind of, he's this Doubting Thomas. And so uh, that was one of the disciples. Another one we have here is Matthew. We have a, a Matthew in the house. Who are we pointing at? Everybody's pointing at everybody. Look at all these fingers pointing. All right, somebody wait right back there. You're hidden. Come on up. Yeah, you're fine. Garland, come on up. All right, so Matthew. This word, his name means God has given. All right? Now, Matthew uh, was a tax collector. So everybody think IRS. Okay? Um, best friend right here, right? Matthew, the tax collector. And uh, the first gospel, Matthew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Act, right? You go in your New Testament. That was attributed to Matthew. He actually wrote that gospel. Um, we now have another James. Who wants to be a James? Emmy, come on up. Now, this is James. They call him James the Younger um, or James the Little One, which that works out. There's not a lot known uh, about James other than that. Um, we also have Jude. Everybody say, hey, Jude. Hey, Jude. <laughs> yeah, and you get the ones that are above 40 singing and laughing. All right. Uh, hey, Jude. So uh, Jude was, uh, you see in the scriptures, you'll, he'll be known as uh, Judas or Thaddeus or uh, Lebius or uh, Judas Thaddeus. He's got a bunch of nicknames. Anybody ever have like a lot of nicknames and just, they call, like, like for me, for example, I'm Josh. I've been called Joshua in high school. I was Carlos, also Carmel Fart. My dad called me for Chuck, Charles. Then he called me P. Chuck. I have so many. So same thing with Jude. 
Jude, Judas, Thaddeus, Levi. He just has so many names. So who wants to be Jude? All right, back there. You stood up and went like this and had a big smile. You're ready to go. Come on up. Jude. Everybody say, hey, Jude. Can't help myself. Here we go. All right. Uh, we have another Simon. Now, this Simon is called Simon the Zealot. Everybody say, the Zealot. So he was the zealous one. Um, he really, there's a, a political party called the Zealots, and uh, their whole thing is they wanted Israel to conquer Rome and overcome the Roman Empire. And so there's a really good chance that our friend Simon the Zealot probably engaged in, you would say, terrorist activities against the government. Okay? So uh, we have someone that wants to be Simon after all that. Anybody? Where you at? All right, come on up, Katie. She wants to volunteer to be our friendly terrorist. Also, um, those activities, those activities stopped um, once he began to follow Jesus. So I just wanted to make that clarification. Um, and then, last but not least, <laughs> okay, right there. I'm I'm sorry you got signed up for this one, little one. Judas Iscariot. All right. So let me tell you a little bit about Judas Iscariot. Come on up. You're awesome. Right here for me. You can stay right here. It's fine. I hear a lot of ooing and aahing. Hi. Uh, so here's the thing about Judas Iscariot. I'll let you hold on to that. Is that Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus. He was the treasurer. He held on to the money uh, for the disciples. And he actually betrayed Jesus. That word Iscariot, um, that, that word actually means, uh, it actually means an assassin or the false one. So I know, she's so cute. It's like, what? It's not, she's not actually Judas Iscariot. Come on, everybody. So that's what that word means. It means assassin or the false one. And so that's who Judas was. He was the one who eventually betrayed Jesus. So now would you agree with me that these 12 uh, disciples, that they make up a very diverse group of people? I mean, think about this. Um, in this lineup here, we have the following. We have fishermen. We have liars. We have common folk. We have tax collectors. We have the unintelligent and the terrorist. So this is an interesting group of people, wouldn't you say? A very diverse group of people. And if you notice, there's 12, right? We have 12 uh, disciples. And in the Old Testament, do you remember how many nations of Israel there were? Anybody? 12, right? And so God came to establish his kingdom. He had the 12 tribes of Israel. That plan didn't work out so well. And so here's Jesus. And he says, you know what? I'm establishing a new plan. I'm making disciples. I don't know if it's a coincidence or not that he picked 12, but I think he's building for himself a diverse community of people that go beyond a lot of stigmas and a lot of different political parties and different occupations and, and different backgrounds. And he says, you are all one. And we are families and I call you my disciples, right? And that bond, if you know and you read and you look in the scripture, it goes beyond blood. It goes beyond family. And it's something that transcends all of that. And so we have our 12 disciples. Give it up for all of them. They did a great job. I'll take your uh, piece of paper and you can take a seat. Thanks, everybody. Great job, great job. <laughs> Good job. Excellent. So a diverse group of people following Jesus together. Look around. That's us. A diverse group of people following Jesus together. So who are Jesus' disciples today? We are. Let me read you Matthew 28, verse 19. It says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, 
This is Jesus talking. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So at the time of ascension, when Jesus Christ uh, died and he was buried, he resurrected, and he was ascending to heaven, he says, listen, disciples, I want you to go out and actually make more disciples. I want you to multiply yourselves. I want you to go into all nations. Everybody say, all nations. About done. It'll be okay. All nations. And make disciples. And uh, so he sends them out. And these early Christians were disciples of Jesus Christ. And what, was, what were they doing? They were learning from Jesus how to live their life. They were learning how to be people full of love and compassion. Jesus was teaching them through parables and stories and the way that he lived. He was sending them out and he said, I want you to be my representation. I want you to be me to this world. I want you to heal the sick and cast out demons. And I want you to go and do all of the mighty works that I've done and then do even greater things. And so he says, disciples, you are my representation. I want you to go and make more disciples of all the nations. I want you to go and make more disciples. So you and I are disciples because we carry on the teaching and the life that Jesus exemplified. Did you know that's what you signed up for? You probably might have said, well, when I got saved, I just, I knew I was in a bad spot and I needed help. I needed rescue, like, sign me up, Jesus. I'm getting out of hell, right? Get out of jail free card, like Monopoly, right? Like, I'll take that. And that's fine, but there's more to it than that. We're disciples, we're followers of Jesus because we carry on his teaching and the life that he has exemplified. So there's more than just salvation. Salvation is great and wonderful and our names are written in the Lamb's book of life and our sins are forgiven us and cast as far as the east is from the west and that is all amazing and good. And now, once that has happened, we step forward, we continue on and we carry on the teaching and we continue to exemplify the life. And how do we do that? By being close to Jesus Christ by learning from him, by reading the scripture, by praying to him, to allowing the Holy Spirit to change us from the inside out. Mark 8.34 says this, and then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. So here's Jesus saying that. If you want to be a disciple, if you want to be a follower of me, you must. It wasn't like a, here's a suggestion. If you want to be a follower, if you want to be my disciple, you must. Everybody say must. I know we hate four-letter words, and most of them you should, but must, you must give up. Must give up your own way. You must give up your own way. And then it says, pick up your cross. Embrace suffering. You know, I think sometimes as Christians... As disciples, as followers of Jesus Christ, we get it confused and we're like, now that I'm saved, life should be easy and peasy and everything great. And just one easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Anybody? No? All right, I'm the only one that knows that one. But life should be easy. Even though in John 16, it says in 33, in this world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. And, and Jesus preaching in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, listen, people are going to make fun of you and persecute you and say nasty things and mean things about you because they did the same thing to me and the prophets before them. So get used to it. It's going to happen. Embrace suffering. You say, but I don't want to, but you have to. Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising its shame. He endured that for the joy that was set 
ahead of him. You and I, we have some suffering. We have some things we must embrace, but there is joy that is set before us. Give up your own way. Embrace suffering and let Jesus show you how to live. How else will people know that we're disciples of Jesus Christ? Look at John chapter 13, verse 35. This one's great. You'll hear us talk about this a lot. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Did you guys catch that? It, it left, disappeared. Can we get that back? Mrs. Ayala, she's a teacher, by the way. Thanks for teaching, Cindy. Your love for one another, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Not your car, not the way you dress, not your love for one another, not how successful or unsuccessful you are, no matter this or that or the other, how you love one another. If you have love for one another, that is the thing that shows this world that we are disciples of Jesus Christ. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but there's a lot of opportunity to not show love. There's a lot of opportunity to show something that looks a little bit less than love to the world around us. Because I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but there's people that live in this world. And that most of these people don't think or act or do things like I would. And so that causes me to not necessarily love them, but maybe get angry with them. Or to say mean things about them. And that's not what a disciple of Jesus Christ would do. A disciple of Jesus Christ, we know, the world will know that we're disciples because of the love that we have. What else? John 15, 8. When you produce much fruit, everybody say much fruit. You are my true disciples. That brings great glory to my Father. So we produce much fruit. What kind of fruit? Well, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. So I'm pretty sure that's the kind of fruit that if our lives have love and joy and peace and patience, then people are going to know that, hey, there's fruit in this guy. He must be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Like, did you see the self-control? I've already talked to you about how my self-control is pretty poor sometimes. And we struggle with all those things. We struggle with some of those things. But that's why the Holy Spirit creates that in our lives. Because we can't do it on our own strength. And so He gives us that love and that joy and that peace. And that's how we are true disciples. Let me tell you something. When we decide to live our lives for Jesus, there is no turning back. We are His disciples and He is our Master. Look at John 6, 66-69 says this at this point jesus had just gotten done talking said some pretty hard things said some things that people just didn't understand they're like what are you talking about and so in verse 66 he said this at this at this point john is talking he said at this point many of his disciples turned away and deserted him and then jesus turned to the 12 so you guys remember the 12 we had up here remember all them you get come on come on help me out you guys remember the 12 we had up here oh thanks appreciate it so he turns to those 12 so there's a bunch of people, his disciples, followers, people that had, had, had gathered and like in the good teachings, they were there and they were with him. And then he gave them a really hard truth. And they were like, out the door, we're gone. See you, peace out, I'm done. So he turns to the 12 and he asks them, are you also going to leave? And Simon Peter, remember Simon, the very first one, he, he was the vocal one. If you read, he says some funny things. But he got it right here. He said, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and know you are the Holy One of God. 
Good job, Peter. You got it right. He turns to the 12. He says, are you guys going to leave too? And he says, where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. We know you're the one true, holy God. Where else would we go? Where else would we run to? You are our master and we are your disciples. For more information on New Covenant, contact us at 3318 Fifth Avenue South, Fort Dodge, Iowa, 50501. Or you can call us at 515-955-6222.